everyone, welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I think today I'm Ross. And I know for sure today I am not. And I'm Gordon. Very good. Good to see you, Gordon. Well, Ross, uh, you have that look again. That look that says, let's give them an exercise look. That will sound dumb until they do it and then reveal all kinds of uh, yada, 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 yadas. Well, you're correct, but with less yada. Okay. And yeah. a little less salt, because it's bad for you. <laughs> okay. So, lay it on us. Let's see what you have coming up with this time. Fair enough. Have you read the most recent article on the site? No. Hasn't it been posted yet? Well, yeah, that's true. And you said, you know, I think it's, I'm guessing you expect it's going to be there before this episode, but really, I can't read what's the non-existent writing for. So no, I have not read it. There's no walls. <laughs> it's the internet. It's like everywhere. But yeah, you're right. It'll post uh, before this episode does. It's in the schedule. Never mind. The goal of the exercise is to use shutter speed to cause your moving subject not to be sharp. Everybody hold for the sound of a pop. I'm, I'm holding. You want I, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing all the people who zoom into 5,000% <laughs> being concerned about sharpness. They're all stroking out right now. Specifically with the goal... To ensure that the viewer knows that there's motion, what's moving, and to do it entirely in camera in one frame. No techie tricks, no multiple exposures, no great wazoos, and no Photoshop. You know, you're starting to worry me. You're starting to sound really like a cinema curmudgeon. Well, thank you. I have the badge to prove it. Oh dear, here we go again. Okay, so I'm a details kind of guy. So let's look at the steps that are needed for this. I presume that I have a subject that is moving and there's a background of some kind that you want me to make things move against. Yeah, you're very good at this. You like birds. You work hard and succeed in getting tack-sharp photos of birds, typically always in flight, rarely on perch, because you're not trying to make, you know, an Audubon plate, and you know that however pretty a bird on a stick is still a bird on a stick. Birds can move. They're amazing. Their patterns are amazing. They're fast. So the question is, how do I show that motion to a viewer who's not there? Well, I usually try to pan the bird in flight and to get a sharp bird against a blurry background. It takes practice, but it works sometimes. Well, I, I agree that it works, and you're successful at it. Sometimes. <laughs> what I want you to think is that relativity is also a consideration. Is the bird moving 
relative to the background, or is the background moving relative to the bird? The answer is, it depends upon your frame of reference. Where are you looking from and where are you looking to? You're really good at that most common, which is bird moving context of background. Here's the challenge. Do the uncommon. Try keeping the background sharp and let the bird fill the frame and blur out. Or a bicyclist on the path. You walk the local trails enough to risk your life daily with speeding cyclists. They'll come down upon you in near silence, knock you into the trees, and then ring their little bell. Well, so far, I've been lucky with the cyclists. Although a friend of mine at the camera club, not so much. But what about a frame of reference? Set the camera up on a tripod. Okay, I got that bit. Probably need a wider angle lens. Uh, so the cyclist will enter the frame from one side or the other and ride through and then exit. Is that what you're getting at on this? Well, that's one approach, but the cyclist doesn't necessarily have to enter and exit. You could be going for motion without them entering or leaving the frame at all. Get motion in the frame. Okay. Only when all right. Options. All right. <clears throat> so what you do is you're going to use an exposure that is correct for the scene, but that allows you to use longer shutter speed and shoot as the subject is moving. Okay. And any guidelines as to what shutter speed? Uh, I'm going to assume that it has to be slow enough for the subject to be contained within the frame, however it is you want to describe that. And assuming, of course, that all of this is the desired intent. Well, absolutely. We're assuming that this is the goal. Okay. And the only way to know is to figure it out by experimentation. Part of that is going to be to test what happens when the subject is moving across the field of view versus when the subject is moving towards you or away from you. Different shutter speeds are going to apply because of the change in what we call displacement. Where is the subject relative to your eye? You're going to have to try different things, higher, lower shutter speed. And while there are guidelines that say, well, to freeze a person walking Typically, you need one one twenty-fifth of a second. To free somebody jogging, you need one two fiftieth of a second. They all talk in the context of freeze. Right. We're talking in the context of no freeze. Right. Okay. Um, I know you mentioned uh, coming towards you. Um, I've never actually shot that somebody coming towards me that's that's going to be interesting to do and it's tougher but you have shot aircraft i have shot aircraft generally coming towards me they're coming fast enough that I don't care. <laughs> well that's been my experience as well it's tough 
So uh, how sharp should I try and get this subject in the frame? Again, it's a creative process. So you decide how sharp is sharp enough. My feeling on this is that you should be able to recognize the subject. Maybe even guess what it is and why or how it's moving. But that shouldn't be the goal. The goal is to demonstrate the motion. And from the nature of the motion, be able to conclude or infer what the subject is and what is happening. Okay. Now, this kind of blur hides a multitude of challenges that we consider when we're panning for sharpness. Because we're not worried, is the bird's eye open? Right. Or the pin feathers sharp? Yeah. Because we're actually looking for not. Not sharp. Okay. So let me guess. You want me to take pictures of blurry subjects. Isn't that what most of my images are like? Surely I don't need an exercise to do that. So I'll disagree that most <laughs> of your images are blurry. <laughs> but the difference here is when I get a blurry image, most of the time it was without intent. This is, I'm going for it. Right. I've made the decision that my desired outcome is one where the subject is moving. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be blurry. Are you suggesting that if I practice this enough, that this will become a reproducible skill that I will acquire? Absolutely, it will. We've already acknowledged that. Proper practice is the mother of skill. And the more we do this, go figure, we do, if we practice it properly, we're going to get it more successfully. And you're going to start to see things that have always been happening, but we may not have noticed them. Right. Patterns in movement. Cyclists are fascinating, the patterns that occur. Yes. When you get one that's blurred. Ghosting effects. You even start to see time derivatives. You almost see, like those old flip cards. Right. You know, sort of, sort, sort of stop motiony. And what, why this comes up is you're never going to get that in a shot with a substitute stack sharp. Yeah. And you already know how to do that. So is, this is a whole different game. It's building a new skill. And that's the real challenge for us. Because otherwise we'll eventually get bored. Let's try to learn something new. You've ruled out the fact that it, when we do it, it it's become something that's non-random. Uh, but isn't this sort of like in, intentional camera movement? Well, the, the secret is... It's not random at all because you're constructing the image in real time in camera. Really good in-camera movement is not random. However, when I watch most tutorials on it, I find them very disappointing in what they're helping somebody to do. Right. Yeah, okay. Move the camera up and down and you'll get blur. Why am I doing it? 
When should I do it? And what does it do for my story other than create something that is, yeah, there's motion blur there. And now what? Right. But it's interesting to hear you say that because as soon as you mentioned this, my brain went just where you talked about. Um, I said, okay, so why do I want to do this? And or even better still, uh, when would I really want to do this? And I could see uh, something's in a sporting event, maybe. Prompt me, I would say something like trains, planes, and automobiles. No, say that. Um, or a situation where one would like to superimpose a degree of hustle and bustle. Let's some of the images of, let's say, New York Central Station or something. Sharing down, shooting down for the top. Anything else that comes to mind? And do you see the possible use of ND filters? Well, examples that may come to mind are very much like what you talked about. What's consistent in them? My primary subject is moving. Right. <clears throat> and I don't want to just show it's moving. I want to give a sense of how quickly is it moving? Right. How does it move in relation to its surrounding? Okay. What is its context? So the speed of movement would be reflected in the blur of movement impart a sense of urgency, perhaps. Perhaps. Your example of uh, New York Central Station is a good one. We see, we've seen that more than once. Yes. And, you know, hustle, bustle. Yeah, I, I get it. Because that's reality. Yeah. You know, like a, a frozen shot of people in a subway terminal doesn't tell us anything about their day. But a shot. Yeah, people standing in the subway station. Yeah. But a shot where the only thing that's sharp are the pillars. Right. And everything else is a swirling eddy of motion. That's a much more compelling image. Yeah, I never thought. So it, it's, it's something that you could do. Um, ND filters? Sure, if you can't get the shutter speed long enough in order to achieve the level of motion blur you want, you could use an ND filter. However, I suspect that you can probably get where you want to be without the need for additional accoutrement. Okay. I could also see with an ND filter, if, if you didn't choose lightning, you wouldn't see anything. Right. An ND filter is a great tool to make the shutter speed so slow that anything that's moving disappears. Yeah. Because the space is occupied by nothing more by than when it's occupied it's by something. Yeah. By the time the, the shutter is over, is closed. So yeah. you're going to find over time the kinds of places where you're going to start that you will note down to know, how do we get going faster? How does the subject work? 
How's the light? If I'm using a blurred subject, where's the light coming to create the blur so that it doesn't just disappear? What's the story I want to tell? All of these things come together in order to make the photograph work. It's very planful. Absolutely not spray and pray. Okay. Well, this this is an interesting series of things that you've thrown in my direction. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that challenge and uh, see what we make of it. Hey, well, I hope other listeners do as well. It's a great exercise. And I won't tell you it's super easy. But man, it's super fulfilling when you get something that really appeals to you. So just go do it. Learn things. Yep, I, I, I will do that. I think I'm going to throw this in the direction of the camera club people and see what they come up with. I know a few of them that are going to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Maybe we should just have a presentation of a blurry photograph. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, all right, we'll do this. So to the listeners, I say thank you for listening. I'm Gordon. Hey guys, I'm Ross. Please subscribe to be notified about new postings on the podcast or in the article section. We appreciate your time and we'll speak to you again soon.